Alrighty, y'all. Well, welcome to the On Iowa podcast. I'm Leah Van. I'm your Hawkeye beat writer for the Gazette. And today I'm joined by Alexa Knoll. She is currently waiting on the NCAA tournament to start. So Alexa, I'll start by asking how you're doing this morning. Great. Thanks for having me. How are you? Doing well. Um, Got my coffee. You know, we're doing an early morning podcast here. So good morning to all our Hawkeye fans. Um, Alexa, I, you have like a really interesting story. Um, I've talked to, you know, quite a few people in your life and, oh man, my Amazon Alexa just turned on because (laughs) your name's Alexa. Um, so, um, I just wanted to ask if you could tell our listeners in your own words, how you got to Iowa, because from what I know, this is not what you expected or where you expected to be. Yeah, um, I've told this story a couple of times now. So last summer, I um, was just talking to my family. Um, obviously, the tour shut down. COVID took just a turn for the worst. And um, yeah, so it just pretty much started um, with the tour being shut down, no events being held. So I couldn't play anything. And Obviously, I'm getting older. Um, That was going to be my choice of career, of course. And with no events being played, I had no opportunity to um, move my ranking up or make any money whatsoever. And I was definitely not the only person in this position. So um, that's just really the beginning. Um, Just had a couple conversations with my family about college and seeing if it was the right path. And I safe to say it was. So you were number four in the world at the junior ITF rankings from what I know. And so at that point, are you like being recruited by other schools or do schools just kind of assume that you're not going to play in college? Um, Some, but most, most um, recruits definitely assumed I was going pro and I mean, rightfully so. But um, yeah, it, I mean, here and there, but I just never really paid um, attention to it just because I, I didn't, this wasn't my initial plan or um, end goal. Yeah, but, um, and it's funny because I was not like known as like the top tennis school in the nation. Right. And so. What is it about what drew you to Iowa? I know you you have family ties to Iowa. So, um, yeah, what drew you to Iowa specifically? Uh, definitely the family ties. Um, it meant a lot to me that my mom went to Iowa, my dad being a local. Um, it was just all really cool for me and to be able to kind of follow them and come back home was uh important special um and then I started talking to Sasha and and Danny and that ultimately was what drove my decision to Iowa besides the the family ties yeah for sure and I wanted to know what is it like playing collegiate tennis I mean you've got team it's more of a team sport even though you're still playing individually but for the most part but yeah what has that transition been like playing for you know something that's more than yourself yeah it's been awesome um 
I think I always embraced the, the team aspect when I was a junior. I got the opportunity to play um, junior Fed Cup and the 14 and under Fed Cup. And, and it's awesome. I just always felt like a, a different type of pride and feeling um, whenever we accomplished something at those. So I think coming into college, um, I wasn't really sure what to expect or how different the dynamic was or was going to be. So um, it definitely exceeded my expectation. And um, it's been a blast. I mean, to be able to have the opportunity to feel like you're playing with, with your teammates and with your coaches, and it's not just you and your opponent. I just, I feel like there's more of, um, there's, there's just more support and it's easier to be able to bounce off with people when you're out there. Yeah. And I know that it, you, the team was disappointed to not get that seed into the NCAA tournament. And I know that was like a point of heartbreak. I talked to you, Samantha, your doubles partner. Um, can you take me through that day and what it was like for you to be the person who does qualify, but for your team to not make it? Yeah, it was terrible. Um, just to kind of relive it isn't fun, but um, yeah, I I don't know if most of the team thought we were going to make it or what the what was going through the coach's head, but um, I just went in there like, okay, whatever happens, happens. I'm not finished yet, so um, we'll see. And um, we didn't get in. Instantly, everyone shut down and no one said a word. I took the approach. I was laughing at first. I just couldn't believe just the events that occurred to not let us get in. I mean, the circumstances were a little ridiculous, but um, no comment, I guess, on yeah. <laughs> us. Not, and it's, it's hard. I mean, stuff happens and it is what it is. But I was devastated just looking at it more in a selfish way that I like couldn't have really done more. And, um, you know, it's heartbreaking for our, our super senior Elise and, and all of our seniors to not be able to get in, but, um, it was tough. I mean, we cried and it was a hard couple of days and then, uh, regrouping I know was hard. Um, especially for Sasha to be able to get back on court and start real training with me. But um, it's something to learn from and definitely a position we don't want to put ourselves in again. And it's motivation to not let it happen ever again. Yeah. And for listeners who maybe don't have a lot of context on this, because Iowa played only Big Ten teams. It made it a lot tougher to make the tournament, especially when there are some other teams out there who will go out of their way to improve their seed last minute, which is kind of what happened too, because Iowa <laughs> was within the top 43 most of the season, which is how you qualify for the NCAA tournament. Um, I want to go to, I want to look towards this tournament real quick too. And, um, you know, my guess is your goal is to win it all, of course. 
Um, is there anyone else you know out there from other schools who are in this situation that you are that may have like gone pro but decided to go to college or do you not know? There's a couple girls. Um, uh, but I'm not, sorry, I'm a little congested here. Um, I don't know um, very many players, like personal situation. I mean, we just all talk, tennis world small. So I just kind of know what's going on just um, just through conversation. But um, there are a few girls and um, everyone down here is good, so. Yeah, and um, you're down in Florida. Yeah, <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> Um, so what have you been doing the past couple of days to kind of get yourself ready for this tournament? Yeah, it's been pretty chill. It's been really nice, actually. Uh, we came down early to just get acclimated to the weather and around competition and just kind of in more tournament, tournament mindset frame here. So we've just, we've had two day practices, little fitness, um, Mostly everything is just about feeling good right now. And um, we got two days to go. So just getting used to this this wind and this heat. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to know um, how, let's see, what you came to college in the midst of a pandemic, obviously there's challenges that come with the isolation. Um a lot of players have spoken about how it kind of took a while to get to know their teams at the beginning of the year. Yeah. So what was that transition like for you, especially since like you're, you also, from what I know, were homeschooled, um, yeah. that you were playing tennis all over the world. Here you are coming to this, what is supposed to be a very like social atmosphere and yet it's still kind of closed off. Yeah. Um, it was weird at first. Um, I really wanted to get to know the team and I think the team really wanted to get to know me. And I think that that definitely goes for our other freshmen as well. But, um, it was hard. I mean, to be in testing every week and just know in the back of our minds that if we hang out and someone tests positive, the whole team's going to be knocked out. Um, it, it was hard to be able to get together and, and, really just get to know each other outside of the courts, which is definitely important for team culture and and just getting to know who you're around every single day. I mean, I, I saw those girls pretty much every single day. And um, it was tough, definitely in the fall. But I think as January came around, and we started to travel together and um, get our vaccinations. It definitely became a lot easier and a lot more fun, but it, it definitely wasn't smooth sailing by any means. Yeah. And I heard that you battled your own COVID, <laughs> uh, sickness. Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have your like smell and taste back or are you one of those people who's kind of still gaining it? No, I actually kept it. Um, after but during I was I was like really in and out with it I would eat and then be able to taste it and then go away in the middle and then like come back <laughs> it was weird oh goodness yeah that's 
Um, that's what a lot of people have told me. My aunt and uncle had COVID like back in the fall and my aunt still hasn't been able to really taste her food, which, oh, sucks, you know? Yeah, totally. I like wouldn't want to eat. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, I want to know how you got into tennis in the first place growing up. Like what drew you to the sport? I was so young. Uh, I think summer camp pretty much. My mom just was working out at this like local tennis center club, like athletic club. And um, she needed some some babysitting. So summer camp was was the option. And I was always into sports from when I was like super little. So um, sports summer camp for me. That's yeah. what started. Yeah. And what kind of went into this decision to really take tennis to the next level and try to become a professional tennis player? Oh, I think I had um, good people that surrounded me at perfect timing when I was like 10, 11. So um, with that, I just think that they kind of led me on the path to like wanting to do better and recognizing that this was something I could pursue um, obviously not knowing at 10 years old if you're going to be pro, but just just taking those paths and those steps to um, reaching your goals. And I think that once that was initiated, I really understood that, like, oh, crap, like, I want to do this. And, and um, having tennis be like an individual sport I think really like persuade me into wanting to do it more. I really had problems with like being in, in team sports, just never getting the ball or, or always being bored. So I think tennis was like an amazing, just like an amazing coincidence that happened to work out. Yeah. And, um, but what's, uh, you know, I imagine you're traveling a lot and you're doing homeschooling. Is that kind of, uh, a lonely lifestyle? Like what is, I mean, what's kind of the toughest part about being in that situation? It was, um, from when I was like 14 through 16, 17, a lot of the time I traveled alone. Um, and it's hard. I mean, you go to countries that don't speak English or, really remote places where you don't know anyone. And um, I actually traveled to Brazil alone. So it, it's not easy and it is lonely actually. But mm -hmm. uh, I would travel with coaches or my mom once in a while, but it's hard. I mean, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> Ooh. Ooh. sorry little sick um it's hard yeah just the constant like getting on a plane booking a tournament booking a practice court at the tournament finding out the draw dealing with the order of play what are we going to eat tonight how are we getting to the hotel um we don't have a rental car in belgium it's just like there's so many logistics that also need to be taken care of while you're trying to play the tournament and luckily i had help and most of it was from my mom, but even, even her managing all of that, it's, it's, 
it's not necessarily like a normal, a normal thing. So um, we both kind of learned as we went and it, it was, it was hard, but so fun. I, I mean, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. And you've gotten to travel the world because of it. What are some of your favorite places that you've been? I always get this question. I don't know. I've been to so many countries. Uh, um, I'm biased towards London because of um, doing well at Wimbledon. But um, I love New York um, just more because I, I play there and it's like my home crowd. Um, I don't know. Just so, so many different countries. I really don't even think I can count. Yeah. The that I've been to. What about like the most obscure place that you've been to? Like kind of unusual place. Unusual. Probably a small town in Germany called Gladbeck. Gladbeck. Yeah. And uh, it's actually funny. Danny, our assistant, um, uh, he's he's from like an hour north of there oh wow <laughs> yeah but he told me that the other day and I was like I don't think I've ever hated a place more <laughs> yeah, he was laughing but yeah such a small world but yeah definitely there or like or this other place Charleroi Belgium what are, what are these two places like are they just these small European towns or yeah exactly <laughs> that is exactly it <laughs> That's funny. I picture like, I don't know, like cow pastures for some reason in little cottages. <laughs> and uh, Belgium, I always think of just like chocolate. I don't know. Is the chocolate really that great there? Yeah. Um, what was it? Germany was like really hilly and like nature, and, like a lot of trees and like long trails and stuff. And then um, Belgium was more like industrial, but like still small town. It was weird. It was weird. I, I would not, like, I really dislike both places. <laughs> yeah, it was tough. It was tough. And, like, the, the language barrier, too. I, like, you, I can't understand one lick of German or, or Dutch. So mm -hmm. it's, like, it's not even Spanish where it's, like, okay, you can kind of comprehend what's going on. It's right. just, like, nothing is the same. <laughs> That's uh, but yeah I had a couple friends who took German in college and oh, they just like, willingly I, took German and I was like this is such an aggressive like yeah language. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been to the Czech Republic and they speak Czech of course and they're like the only place that speaks Czech so like why would you right. learn Czech if you're not from there <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know that that's beautiful there too yeah um, yeah I, I, I sorry i said i liked prague but i've also been to like um i went to Brno and zanormo which is like one of those small european towns where like they don't even ha get american tourists so <laughs> oh really yeah, yeah that's fine yeah what does it mean to represent iowa on the stage i think you're um, the first person in several years to reach this level. And also um, you could be making more history for the school. 
Yeah, it means the world. Um, I've like really grown to um, just kind of look at look at it from like um, just a positive perspective. Uh, we had our troubles during season. Um, obviously, stuff happens. You can't you can't do it all. Can't put on the superhero cape every time. But um, I've really learned to, like, embrace the whole, like, let's put this on my back. And Danny and Sasha have me um, when we're out there. Obviously, I'm not alone. So it's, it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling to um, rep Iowa. And um, there's definitely not another school I'd want to be doing it for. And they've been amazing to me, just the entire um, Iowa community, just um, so welcoming to begin and, and now really just embracing me as an athlete there. It's, it's special. I mean, it's, I've um, had conversations with other people about um, them saying like, Oh, like Caitlin, Luca Garza, Spencer Lee. And they're like, Oh, well now you're in the group. And I'm like, I don't know about that, but you but, are in the group, though. You got, I think it was like, there was, there's a video of you getting your all Big Ten Player of the Year, Freshman of the Year awards from Caitlin Clark and Anta from Field Hockey. And uh, you're part of the club. Yeah. You are the Luca Garza of tennis. You are. <laughs> that was, that was super cool that they came out and did that. That was awesome. But yeah, I'm, I don't know. I, I really try and just like stay away from attention almost. I mm -hmm. just kind of like my head down and we'll see what happens. But uh, um, we've, we've prepared, we've put in this work and just time to have a, have, have a great time on court and um, love the atmosphere. It's really all we can ask for. Yeah, and things are opening up now with the pandemic, and I don't know if you've given much thought to what your next step is. Like, are you going to continue to play collegiate tennis, or do you think there's a chance that you're going to try to go back on the pro circuit? We'll see. It's really all dependent on the WTA and them putting the events back up. Uh, like I said before, they just totally shut down the entire tour. So I like, they're holding like the really big, huge, like masters of thousands and, and grand slams, but obviously I'm not at that point. So I need to work my way up and all of the events that you like travel for and, uh, just kind of like go to work at have been like completely abandoned right now. Mm -hmm. So, and the slight opportunities, I mean, there's a, there's a few, but a few 15s is not probably enough. So we'll, we'll have to see. We'll, we'll really just have to wait it out. Yeah. And what are you studying right now? <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> Trying to, make sure my voice is here um sports and rec management gotcha and what yeah. led you to that just because you love sports sports yeah <laughs> <laughs> it seemed fitting yeah for sure 
Um, well, Alexa, I want to thank you for coming on today. This has been really fun. And I do want you to save your voice. It sounds like you're coming down with something. Yeah, I got a little cold going on. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I think Hawkeye Nation wants to wish you the best of luck at the NCAA tournament. So yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks so much. Super fun.